Love Peace Talk family. Radio. Peace family, and thank you for joining us uh, for episode seven of It's That Easy with Nicole Carter and Nikki Builder. Um, I'm going to go ahead and jump into announcements for the week. This week's announcements, uh, we want to remind you all that uh, Quantum Scriptures is available with the priesthood. On um, That's happening on Sundays, as well as the upcoming uh, Positron Pass weekend in Jacksonville, Florida, which is happening uh, September 23rd through the 25th. For more information about those mentioned activities as well as other events coming up with the priesthood, log on to myastrologycoach.com. You can also find information over at myastrologycoach.com with the priesthood um, for more information. So um, let's go ahead and jump into our topic for the day. I see my wonderful co-host has just logged in, so let me <laughs> make sure I got her on the line as well. How are you doing today, Chloe Cole? Good, good, good. How are you, sister? I'm doing well. So let me go ahead and read off our dis- our, our uh, discussion or topic for the day. In this week's episode of It's That Easy, Nicole and Nikki will discuss expanded families. In our modern times where the divorce rates are high and single-parent homes are common, what message does our sense of family or lack thereof send to our children? When parents remarry, what is the responsibility of that parent to children from previous relationships or marriages? Do step-parents have a responsibility to non-biological children? Can or should ex-lovers be friends? Can new lovers and ex-lovers be friends? Is the relationship between the ex-woman and the new woman the real sister-wife relationship? Do men cope with separation differently than women do? And how do how do wounded lovers heal from the devastation of relationships that end? And how can we also help our children to heal after separation? You ready for this topic, Coley Cole? Wow, I'm sitting here going like she really she really got it all. <laughs> you know, as as I was typing up the topic, I was like, man, there's a lot to get into today. There is. There is. Um, wow. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to say that as you were typing it, because it sounds, you know, it's, from the questioning, I could see a stream of consciousness was flowing through you. So what was, what, 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 do, you, what do you want to start with? <laughs> Where, look, where do we start in all of this? Um, you know, I, I divorce, separation is a, is a very real topic in our community, in our country. In the United States, some 50% of marriages end in divorce, not to mention marriages that ultimately end in some form of of, of permanent se- uh, separation and lots of other factors. So we live in a society that basically says one should plan to fail in terms of relationships. We see it all over the television. Many of us experience it in our homes. And so what what was really coming through for me was, what are we telling our children to expect about relationships? 
What are we telling our children mm. to expect from their significant others? Are, are we telling our children to to plan for success, or do the statistics say that we should tell our children to plan for failure? Um, and and this is a this is a, a a a touchy topic for me because I experienced uh, my parents divorcing when I was really young, and of course that communicated some information to me about what I should expect from my own relationship. So today's topic is, ooh, it's a heavy one today. <laughs> mhm. Mhm. It is it's a heavy. heavy. One, but, it is um, heavy. I, I wanted and... Yeah, go ahead. No, you wanted to. Okay. Well, I, I wanted to because we said we were discussing the, the um, expanded families versus blended families. So I, I wanted to mm-hmm. kind of touch on, you know, what's the difference, right? Because we hear a lot about blended families. And for me, I, I thought about, like, making a smoothie in a blender, right? And, yeah. you know, you, you pour the smoothie into the blender, and it's not until you get to the bottom of the cup that you start to see all of the lumps and the fruit that you didn't get to blend, you know, smoothly into the rest of the smoothie. So you got, like, all of these clumps of strawberries and stuff at the, at the bottom of the blender. So it occurred to me that the implication that we are blending our families does not guarantee a smooth consistency. So when I think about the difference between an expanded family and a blended family, an expanded family for me is a consciousness that our family is getting bigger, right, and and saying mm-hmm. and affirming that this is a good thing that's happening because sometimes there's an implication that, you know, step parents, right, you know, our society has this negative connotation around, you know, the evil stepmom, right? And we get taught that mm-hmm. from a young age. Step parents are bad, you know, that's a bad experience. And so for me, as I as I'm I'm growing and, and, and getting further into my spirituality and, and learning from my wonderful co host Nicole who does such an eloquent and beautiful job at, at pulling the silver lining out of things that's one of the things that really came up for me is changing our perspective and changing our language around separation, step-parents, step-siblings, and, 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 and really changing that conversation and putting it and pushing, pushing it toward a more positive direction. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I have my daughter's father, uh, so he is the first, and that is one father, and then his sister is a separate father, and then his three sisters to follow are all the same father in which his mom married. And, uh, you know, when I met them, I come from uh, parents who were married but not married because my dad was already married. relatives and, you know, people married but acting crazy. And uh, so when I met him, like, in my 30s, I had no concept of this thing. You know, I would, oh, your stepdad. No, that's not my stepdad. No, that's not my stepsister. Mm. They they don't talk like that. There is no Mm. delinear, like, like, you know, uh, indicator of step and half and this, none of that. And at the time, you know, I – 
saw it, but I didn't appreciate it until, of course, later. Um, you know, it's like, as you said, in our growth and our journey, and you start getting into your own understanding of what you start to see, and you, you don't have to take the program that step parents are bad and evil and things like that. So I agree sure. with you. I, I, I mean, do you really, they are really this perception, I mean, not perception, but, but they are really a demonstration of expanded families. Um, and, you know, that's what I want for my daughter. You know, I don't want it to be because her father has a son with mm. his ex-wife. And so I don't want her to be like, you know, well, that's my half-brother. And her father doesn't talk like that. They don't talk like that. They don't think like that. So, you know, it's it's really – it's not a thing yet for her and, unless somebody would bring it up to her and make it obvious to her. And, like, well, that's not your real brother. That's just your half-brother. <laughs> you know? Wow. I mean, I, and I, it happens. I happens. And, and other people teach us yeah. that language. Yeah. And it's really interesting that you just made that statement that, you know, she won't – use that type of language until or unless somebody brings that to her attention. And I can remember right. being I can remember being 8 years old and uh I my mom my sister and I we lived with our mom for the most part, but I remember one like half of a school year. Um you know, my mom had was going through some financial difficulty and and she sent us to live with our father for a semester. And so I was in the third grade. And I can remember my stepmother saying to me, oh, well, you know, because my, my mother has a son from another marriage, as well as my father has three other children um, from his marriage with his current wife. And so mm-hmm. when we were living with them for a little while, I can remember her saying to me, um, she was speaking about my, my mother's son, and she said, oh, well, you know, that's not – your 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 real brother he's just your half brother and at the time being a kid i knew that 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 wasn't a good thing that she said i didn't understand why it was a negative thing that she said but i could tell from her body language and from her tone that what she just said to me was a diss Mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. that wasn't a good thing that she just said So mm-hmm. here it was being introduced into my vocabulary And so mm-hmm. at that time when we were staying with our dad My sister and I would go every weekend to visit our mom And I remember telling my mom Oh, well, you know, stepmom said that, you know, Dewan, who is my mother's son Dewan is not our real brother She said he's our half-brother And I, I will never forget my mom's response And her response was well, she don't know what she's talking about because anything that come out the, the same thing is the same thing. Come on. You know what I'm come saying? On. And I laugh at that now in thinking about that because, you know, my, my mom was accurate in her statement that my little brother, just because he has a different father than I do, is no less my brother than my twin sister, who we obviously both, you know, have both of the same parents. Um, but it's it's the it's the – we learn that conversation from the adults involved in the conversation, and they have the ability to de- to determine whether or not that is a negative or a positive experience. Mhm, mhm, mhm. Yeah, because it. I mean, she could have just as easily said, "Well, you know, your half brother." I mean, it, it's mm-hmm. all about vibration and tone and frequency, um, because when my daughter started going consistently with her father. 
he was in a relationship, and she had a son, and um, he was very involved, and the young boy called him dad. So Brooklyn comes into these her week her weekend visits, her every other weekend visits, hearing, you know, dad. And so, you know, and then the baby came, and so there's no concept of her. Now what's interesting is they got divorced, okay? So they're divorced, they're separated, and so now the visits are happening uh, with her dad, and then the other, the boys are coming. And his ex-wife is pregnant now with another child. And my daughter, the baby comes, my daughter comes home and she says, Mom, how come the new baby is the brother to my brother's, but the new baby is not my brother? Mm. <laughs> and I was like, you're four. What are we doing here? <laughs> and it really <laughs> got me, <laughs> you know. I mean, it was a valid question. How come the new brother is brothers with the boys, but it's not my brother? Valid question. Great observation. And wow. I explained that, that – um, that the new baby is not daddy's baby. I don't know how I said it. I don't know what came through me at that time. I think I might have used some teddy bears for demonstration. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> to, to show families. But it got me thinking about what when we talked, when we sat down and we talked, and we talked about you had used, the, and I will have to give you all the credit, you used the term expanded families, and I thought about growth, consciousness, and that we're here to expand, and I thought, wow, you know, there's, we don't have the luxury of not, of not looking, looking out for each other anymore, because these three kids, my daughter, and the two boys, now, so technically, for all technicalities, biologically, she has a brother, yes, biologically, that's her brother. But the oldest boy, who, who is not biologically her brother, that my daughter just calls brother, they now have a third brother that my daughter is like, well, aren't we all in this together? Mm. And so, you know, now that they're divorced and they're going through their period, everybody has to go through the period. I think we have one of those, can ex-lovers be friends and how do you heal? They're going yep. through their period. <laughs> we went through our period of, you know, well, figuring it out. We'll call it the figuring it out period and the cooling off period. Um, and so I had to, to talk to her father and say, you know, you need to address this. I, 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 don't, I didn't say it like her. I said, hey, you know, she asked me this question. I, I want you to talk to her about it because she's observant. She's observant. She's like, well, I don't get it. Like, if it's their brother, how come it's not my brother? And so I said, right. I, however you work that out. You know, we need to let her know that we acknowledge she's observant, and mm-hmm. and the language that we use around that. And so, of course, we explain that um, it was a different dad and a different mom. So, you know, we're your mom and dad, but we did this. This isn't our baby. This is not mommy's baby. That's not daddy's baby. And so, it was. I think, I think it was, it's complicated. You know, we just made it, like, generally, like, oh, that's, you know, that's her. That's her. That's her baby. It came out of her belly, so that's her baby. And she was like, you know, and she's four. She's not going to remember it, but I just wanted to acknowledge in the moment. But it did get me thinking about this idea of expansion. 
And I have talked right. to Nova Ampu on several occasions about the fact that, um, you know, because I'm out in nature, I love to hike, and you see the National Geographic Channel where there's a mating season, right? And I, I'm going to go out there. I hope, Nikki, Nikki, I know you're going to stay with me because you never leave me. Uh, <laughs> I'm here. There's, there's a mating season, right? There's a mating season. Like, you know, have you seen those birds? That are uh, are penguins like are these birds? They mate for life. Like they fly from all over the world just to come to this one island to mate. I can't think of the bird, but and they find that specific bird to mate with. And wow. um, I just thought, you know, we as humans, we're just out here screwing. Like we're not. Oops. We're so out of tune with the universe, with she the earth. Said it. We're so. Come on, yeah, I said it. <laughs> We're we're so out of tune. Like they are in tune with the rhythms of the the seasons. They know when to mate so that they can go in hibernation. So the babies can like bears, right? They they have them. They hibernate and then they come out. It's spring now. There's food available, but they're sleeping during that winter time. But they know right when to have that baby and those cubs. Not in a drought. We're having children in a drought, Nikki, Nikki. Ooh. We're having in a drought, you know, and then <laughs> we want to get mad that there's not enough water because we're all in these Uh-oh. garages. <laughs> I can do it by myself. We, I don't even know where this is coming from, but I'm going with I got this. I got the chicken skin over here. We're it having is children wonderful. in Keep drought. Going. <laughs> <laughs> and so now we got to ask all these questions. Stepmom, stepdad, can we get along? What choice do we not have to get along? That's my question. Wow. What choice do we not have to? We're in a drought. Whoa. We're in a drought, people. We're having these children, and we are bringing them up, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Some people got eight, nine, ten children. And and we're over here talking about, why don't you text me back? (laughs) And and why did you take so long to text me back? (laughs) I know you saw it
you're a great auntie. I drive take kids, give you a break. I was the best auntie. Right. Like, it's it's so easy to be an aunt. She's never going to have kids. I don't know what happened to me. I started watching this and that in 34. It, it's going to be too late. Listening to Auntie O and drinking the Kool-Aid. So, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to refrain because I feel so bad because, you know, Auntie O, it's phenom- she's a phenomenon. Okay, so I don't want to. I'm is. trying to refrain from saying the Auntie O Kool-Aid. I don't want I don't want to. I'm, I'm trying to pull back and just own my responsibility. Um, I okay. I wasn't like. I, I wasn't in my nature. You know, the, the the wild animals, it's better to be wild because you are in tune with nature. You know the right time. You come into heat. Girl, we don't even know when we in heat. What is, you know, when mm. we get hot, and you know what happens when we get hot, it gets popping. I mean, you know, we have <laughs> Game over. <laughs> get it. Wow. I mean, we, we, you know, we just, we just out here doing things. We don't even know why we doing them. It's so now, you Whoa. know. That's why I say we, it's better to laugh at this instead of trying to get all serious. I mean, these are these are poignant questions. But wow. we're making Wait. now. We have to have these serious questions when we weren't serious when we made these kids. Right. We weren't, right. you know, we weren't all, but now we have, like, you know, and so here's the expansion. I think the expansion is in, like, what you're saying, to, to individually take a moment, breathe, laugh, and change your language. I mean, I, I love what you say. I love that you said expanded families. And I really want to get into this new sister-wife relationship. <laughs> Oh well, Cole, Cole, I'm I'm just gonna say right now, you pretty much just answered pretty much every question in in what you just said. I heard you speak to so much within that, and and I, I want to tie up our first question, which was, um, in modern times where divorce rates are high and single parent homes are common, what's the message we're sending to our children about mm-hmm. about relationships about about uh, commitments and loyalty to each other. And and I think what we're saying, Coley Cole, is that ultimately as parents, as the adults involved in the situations, we're the ones that define for our children what their expectations should be in a partner, from marriage. Um, we're the ones that define that expectation. So it's so important for mm-hmm. us to be very conscious of the language that we're using, to be very conscious mm-hmm. of our tone in having these conversations, be very conscious of our body language. And and what I want to speak to, and, you know, sometimes you'll hear me hesitate in saying things because I always want to speak from personal experience, but by the same token, mm-hmm. I want to be careful and sensitive not to implicate people because I'm like, what if my mama yes. listened to this? What if my daddy listened sure, to this? Sure, sure. But for me, at the end of the day, it's we got to be real and we've got to be willing to have these conversations because if we're not willing to do that, we, we're risking lives when we are not willing to have conversations. And, and, and this is going to be a little heavy, but I, I want to throw it out there because it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's been on my heart all morning. I just mm-hmm. got the news this morning of a young lady that I went to school with. She and I were not the best of friends, but I, I had talked to this mm-hmm. sister on a couple of occasions. Like I said, we went to school together. And then come to find out, we have a lot of mutual connections with each other that I had no idea about until today. And I just got the news that this sister committed suicide last night. 
Mm-hmm. She had two two children, um, one of whom the father was murdered a few years back, and then her other child, she was enduring some um, some some trauma and trauma with the father of this particular child, and as mm-hmm. a result of that. This sister was enduring mm-hmm. some very deep depression around that. So I want to be very clear in saying that we have got to be willing to be honest and have some serious conversations because, again, we are risking lives when we make the choice not to do that. So I'm the type of person my mom said to me yesterday, she was like, Nikki, you can be insensitive. And I said to her, it's not my intention to be insensitive. I'm just trying to be honest. And I'm and, and you're right, I don't care about people's feelings getting hurt in me being honest because I'm very mm-hmm. clear that lives are on the line when I wanna mm-hmm. be when I wanna choose not to be transparent, when I wanna choose to be silent around topics that are affecting and impacting people every day. Every single mm-hmm. day. And on that same note, another friend of mine posted literally two days ago on Facebook making a statement that even though she walks around with a smile on her face every day, and and this is one of the jolliest, happiest, funniest people that I know, she said people will never understand or know the pain that I endure in watching my father kill himself. And her father is literally outside in my backyard right now, and he's a he's a drug addict. And she said, it, it kills me, and there are times that I want to kill myself because of the pain that I feel in seeing my father do to himself what I know that he's doing to himself. So I, I, I wanted to use that those two examples to show that, We've got to be willing to have the conversations with folks. We've got to be willing to extend ourselves and to have the difficult conversations. And it's not always, you know, another woman that dad is is, is exiting yeah. or, or choosing to leave the relationship for. Sometimes he's cheating on the family with drugs. Sometimes he's yeah. cheating on the family with alcohol. So at the end of the day, all of these things ultimately boil down to emotional choices that people are making to be present or not to be present in the lives of their children. So, you know, that was that was heavy on my heart because I'm like, I'm I'm in my early thirties and we having conversations about about friends not wanting to live anymore because they are experiencing such turmoil with their significant others, behind mm-hmm. the emotional choices that loved ones are making. So so these conversations and, ty- you know, because I was, I was, you know, that that part of the brain, that ego, that fear tries to jump in. I tell you, Nicole, every time we do a show, every time I do a YouTube video, my ego steps in like, don't nobody want to hear what you're talking about. You talk too much. Uh-huh. You know, don't nobody care mm-hmm. what you're talking mm-hmm. about. And and these things confirmed, no, you got to keep speaking the truth. You gotta keep dropping that. 
Because regardless of whether or not others are willing to have these conversations, somebody's got to be willing to be transparent. So, you know, after after I got that news this morning, I was like, mm-hmm. F you, fear. You know, I'm not... Mm-hmm. I'm not listening to you. You are so wrong. People need to hear these conversations, and people need to hear that other people are experiencing these things because fear has a way of beating you up and telling you it's only you that's going through this. And and I just want to be a voice to say that that is so not true. It's 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 mm-hmm. the very it's your loved ones. It's the very it's your neighbors. It's people you see on the job every day that are going through these things. So we've we got to be willing to be transparent and we got to be willing to have, to have the conversations. Um, so I, I just wanted to throw that out there. And in that same spirit, I want to give a shout-out today, and, and, and my, my heart is just moved to do it. I want to give a mm-hmm. shout-out to my, I call him my daddy baby. I don't call him my baby daddy because I think that there is an implication in our society about baby daddies and baby mamas. So I call him my, mm-hmm. my daddy baby. My daughter's father, and we are working out our stuff, and we may not be in – I don't think our relationship right now is, you know, 10 years ago, I don't think we ever saw ourselves here. But this is our reality, and and I, 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 I just – I'm emotional right now. Um, yeah. But I want to give him a shout-out for being willing to stay – to remain present, regardless of heartbreak, you know, disagreement with me, whatever. He's he's chosen to remain present. And I also recognize that a part of his willingness to remain present comes from my willingness to be honest, to be present, and to encourage him within the context of us working out what's going on or not going on between us. Mm -hmm. And both of us Mm -hmm. being mature enough to recognize, I I said this to my my twin sister and my my little brother, my mom's son, Duan, who I was speaking about earlier, they both had children before I did. I was the last of the Mohicans. (laughs) My mama was waiting on me (laughs) to have a baby, and I was Finally did it at 30. And I remember saying, pulling my, my, my sister-in-law to the side one day, and uh, not one day, it was literally the day after she had my niece. They, I was at my mom's house, and, and she and my brother and, and my niece had come over to stay the weekend at my mom's house. And I pulled her in the room, closed the door, and I said, and, and I was notorious for, like, being the sister who was, like, you know, I'm going to be observant and watch you for a minute. I'm not going to immediately make friends with you. So it was surprising to everybody. Like, I know my brother's heart was beating fast when I pulled her in the room because everybody kind of, you know, I'm the one in the family who's, I'm kind of the tough guy in the family, you know. And so it was kind of like, ooh, what is she going to say to her in there? And all sure. I said was to her was basically, welcome to the family, first of all, because we blood now. Right, and that's something yep. we gotta be really clear about. We're blood now. Like I always say, a blood contract is stronger than a paper contract any day. This whole idea that we have that this paper contract can be made or broken, and that is so powerful, it's total BS, and that is an illusion. The other thing I said to her was, 
I hope you now realize that it's no longer about you or DeWine anymore. It's about this little girl. So I'm going to take it upon myself to make sure that both of you are doing what you need to do to make sure she is the priority. Because I don't care about y'all no more. It's about this mm-hmm. baby. Mm-hmm. And so that was something that I was challenged with in having my daughter and, and, and experiencing trials and tribulations with my, with my daddy baby. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and it's so easy for us to get caught up in our emotions when things go bad, right? And misery mm-hmm. loves companies. So we'll, we'll get mm-hmm. miserable and I can't stand him and he ain't doing what I want him to do. Mm-hmm. And our society mm-hmm. teaches us that we have the luxury of divorce. <laughs> divorce is a luxury and it is an illusion, right? Mm-hmm. When, when mm-hmm. we have a child together, we are now blood relatives. We have made an entire human being together. Where do we get off with this idea that we can divorce each other? That is a luxury and a, and a BS illusion that our society has sold to us because it's not real, right? We don't have the luxury of not getting along with each other because in the, at the end of the day it destroys the child, so I'm very clear it, about the yeah, thing. I, I yeah. think I got a little off. I, I got a little off track, but I, I I wanted to just shout out my 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 daughter's father for being present, and 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 I recognize that a part of his presence is because I am there to encourage his presence. Right? I'm not fighting him at every turn. You didn't. Return my text message mm-hmm. fast enough. You didn't do mm-hmm. this. You didn't do that. Mm-hmm. And and it mm-hmm. was and when I changed my language and when I changed my approach, we 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 have a tendency to take this for granted. And I, my hand is high right now because I was one of the ones that took for granted the importance of how we approach people. And, and and my daughter's father used to say it to me all the time, and I've said it on the show before, you know, gentleness and all of that kind of stuff was foreign to me until recently. You know, my thing was, you know, what you're doing don't make sense, and I don't understand how it don't, you know, how that makes any sense to you, but I'm going to need you to ba 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 you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but now I understand that if I simply say to him, please, I appreciate you. Thank you. You're my hero. That sets up an emotional response in him to say, damn, she just made me feel good. I want to do more of it. I want to be more present because I feel good in that space. A lot of us don't recognize how we're responsible for pushing our partners away. We think we have the luxury because he didn't return your your text message when you wanted him to return the text message because he's dating somebody new now that that gives you the luxury of saying, oh, well, I'm not going to try so hard anymore. Forgetting mm-hmm. the, 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 the most important thing or person in the entire experience or situation being your child. And sometimes because we're so miserable, we want to pull our children into our misery. And we don't even recognize mm-hmm. it. But misery loves company. And misery does not care who comes to join the party, right? I was mm-hmm. talking with a friend of mine who said who was she was really frustrated because her her daughter's father was 
seeing someone new and had taken her daughter to go and and see this new person. And she was so pissed off and angry about it. And they got into a big fight, a big argument, and after it was over, she and her daughter were together, and she was crying, and, and, and she told her daughter, you know, your daddy is trying to kill me. Your daddy is doing something to me. And what she was doing was trying to incite an emotional response from her daughter to join her pity party. And I, and I told her, sis, you, you, you can't do that. You can't do that. And so I, I was speaking earlier about how sometimes, you know, my, my family will respond to me like, no, you, you're insensitive. And sometimes we have this very childish perspective about people saying things that we don't like. Whenever I say something, if I tell Dolly no, Dolly will immediately, you're not being nice. I'm not going to be your best friend anymore. And we still do <laughs> that oftentimes as, an, as adults. Come we on. think that because somebody says something that I don't like, regardless yeah. of how true it is, if somebody yeah. says something that I don't like, <clears throat> I'm not your friend anymore. Yeah. I'm just telling you the truth, sis, and I'm telling you the truth because I care, and I don't want you to keep having to experience this drama because it's going to be required of you to experience the drama until you get the lesson. I'm just trying to help you get the lesson. But if you don't want the lesson, I'll shut up. But I had to say it if I honestly so glad and truly you did. your friend, if I really love you. Yeah. So I know I just got all kinds of off track. <laughs> no. I, I had no, to throw that stuff it. out there because much of what you said, I was like, Nicole is going in right now. Yeah, let's go. And these are yeah, these are topics. Yeah. These are things that are very true in in our society and our realities. So we gotta be willing to speak to them. So let's you know move on to our second I, question. I know I just ran yeah. my mouth and just went all kinds of all, all over the you map did, with that. I wanna. I took. You know me. I took. I took some notes, and I just wanna. I wanna. Um, I wanna sit with that. I wanna sit with with what we both just shared, because. Mm-hmm. Um, you said something so important, which is misery loves company, and it doesn't care what, you know, it, it's not looking at what's, appro- what's the appropriate age, not looking at what's the mm-hmm. appropriate relationship. It's a frequency. And, you know, we, mm-hmm. we are in the study about being waves and, and, and matching waves. And so when you tell Dolly no, you're not a matching wave. And in that moment she says, oh, we're not matching my wave over here. We, we're done. We're breaking up. And, right. And so even even a three-year-old will learn, ooh, what can I say via my words? Because three-year-olds have learned language now. So what can I say via my language? Because we're, we're going to tie all this in together. What can I say via my language to take that really curly piece of hair, that wave, and flat iron it straight so it's a match to me. <laughs> and do you get the visual? You know, she's yes. flat and straight, let's say. She's flowing in the wind. Mama, 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 woo, woo, woo. Can I have this? And you come with your natural hair and you go, no. And she says, natural hair. Let me get that hot iron. You're not my friend anymore. You're... And she's she's trying to she's trying to run that flat iron on that curly hair. You're not my friend no more. And she's trying to make it straight. 
so she can look at it and go, so it's a yes now, right, Mom? It's a yes, because I don't flat out right. your hair. I done said something to make that curly hair safe. I'm going to get you. <laughs> and so, I mean, like you said, even a three-year-old. No, now where did she get that from? Well, she must get it from Nikki. Well, no, even a, this is, this, we're going to get down to some basic human, human interaction here. Everybody wants to feel good. And so when you see something outside of yourself that isn't a match to what you think is going to make you feel good, right, wrong, or indifferent, no, no, there's no judgment. If drugs make you feel good, that's, that's what makes you feel good. Alcohol makes you feel good. Sex makes you feel good. Writing music makes you feel good. Making a fashion line makes you feel good. There is no right. It's all neutral. But anytime somebody doesn't get in there, as we're joking about not returning the text message, what happens is it's almost like we get an opening in our skin, right? So you, you know, Brooklyn says, "Mom, can I have this?" And I say no, and there's like an opening in her skin because she's now aware. Oh my gosh, mom is not a match to me. So what can I start to do? To, to get her to get over here with me, and it, you know, it, it, and little kids that look like tantrums. But here's the beauty of what's going on, and and where I, as a parent, call my dad screaming sometimes. The beauty of what is going on is something innately inside of you knows what works for you, but we get trained out of that. Something in Dolly knows. Well, I want, I'm asking my mom for this thing, Brooklyn. I'm asking this mom for this thing because I want, I'm feeling good, and I look at that, and I know I'll really feel good if I have that, and so I want it. Hmm. But then, you know, someone comes along and says, no, you can't have that thing. And then it turns into, you know, your, but, but if you really just drill it down, we know what works for us. We have just been trained out of it. And so when I hear you talk about the language, what are we teaching our kids, da-da-da-da-da, that's what we start to teach kids. We train them out of what they innately know is good for them, and we start to teach them you have to go along with what's going on with mommy. You have mm. to start going along what's going on with daddy. And that's where I really try to stay out of it. Like, I really try to stay out of it. So when my daughter says, Mom, how many days am I going to be with Daddy? And I say, okay. And she really drilled me down this time. She said, no, I want you to show me on the calendar. And I was like, yikes, because it's, it's two weeks. She's going for two weeks. And I'm like, I didn't really want to tell her because I didn't want her to look all sad because I can't fix that. So I showed her. Right. And she said, Mom, that's a long, that's a lot of days. I said, it is. And she looked at me. And, um, you know, she looked at me and I said, boop. There's nothing mommy can do to change what, what you're feeling inside. I can't. I can't go buy you a toy right now. I can't take you to go get ice cream right now. I have to let you feel that, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you feel that. Mm-hmm. I, but if I start to teach her that I can change out here so she can feel better in there, now she loses track of her own personal guidance. Her own guidance is saying, that doesn't feel good to me. Now, who am I to start telling her, uh, 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 well, you know, uh, I, I just have to let her sit with it. And I said, so, you know, do you want to talk about it? Do you want to, she said, can we just cuddle? Let's just cuddle. Cool. But I have to leave her alone. 
And you know what happens says as adults, as women, in relationships with friends and stuff, we don't know how to be left alone. So we want Ooh. somebody out there to return our text within two minutes. We want somebody to, you know, we, you, 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 can you feel me? We don't know how to be left alone. Remember when your parents mm. used to leave you alone? you get upset and they would leave you alone? <laughs> and you would have to, like, oh, okay, well, they're really not going to do nothing for me, so I better just stop crying. You know, we have to learn we, how to we cope. Don't how to, we don't, yeah, but but we, because we're so used to someone on the outside jump, step, and fetch it, we are now demanding somebody out there. You need to call me back. You need to be respectful. You need to not talk to her. You need to not take my daughter over there. You need to check in with me before you take my daughter. See, we are now so hooked on somebody outside changing their behavior so we can feel better on the inside. So we, so we don't save your complex. We don't, we, right? So we talked about that. It's a savior, but at the same time, what it's saying is you don't even you you're you're upset because the 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 thing inside of you really knows. I just think I'll be happy if I have that. It's, it's so simple as my daughter wanting some ice cream, but it's it's three o'clock. It's right between right before dinner, right after lunch. You can't have ice cream. Now, I know she knows what I really wanted, and I would be happy if I had that ice cream. And you would be happy if you had that ice cream, right? But mm-hmm. you're going to be happy if you have it after dinner, too. Happy, see, that happiness is a state of being. It's not going anywhere. Quit acting like if I don't get this ice cream today, I'm never going to be happy again. If he mm-hmm. starts seeing somebody else, oh, my God, there's no chance for happiness anytime, anywhere, ever in life. And I think that's what we were such a, we're such a like all or nothing. I love hard. I'm all in. Da, da, da. What does that even mean? You're on a spectrum. You know, the one spectrum is step parent, and the other spectrum is that's my daughter, my, my dad's wife. You know, that's, a, that's part of our family. She's, a, you know, it's just that spectrum again. It's the me right. first and the I am. It's the spectrum again. And it's just, it's varying degrees. What you keep saying, which I love, is truth. You keep saying truth. I was known for telling the truth. And you know what I really, you know what I hear you saying, Nikki? It's not so much you want people to be conscious, because people are conscious. I am conscious right now of what I'm saying. You have a desire for people to be aware. Because in awareness comes healing. In awareness comes a change of behavior. In awareness comes you saying, let me give a shout-out to my daughter's father. That was huge. That was such a beautiful moment for me to witness another woman saying, you know what, let me, because I realize the magnitude of what other women and families are going through, so let me stop right now and give a shout-out to my daughter's father for being present and being available and being willing. That's huge, and I I applaud you. Not like in some you know patronizing way, but I, I don't applaud you. I I'm standing with you. I don't even know him, but I thank him <laughs> for being <laughs> present. Yeah. Because that's yeah. you know, and so that's these are the conversations when you're saying we have to. We can talk about how bad it is, but the but you know what we really need to do is we need to talk about good that is there mm-hmm. and not to throw it mm-hmm. in people's face and say well to, to help people gradually know that just because it's it's 
it seems bad, and on the outside someone is not doing what you want them to do, you can still feel good. You can still feel good when someone's acting crazy. Do you know that? Do you know you can still feel good when somebody is dating? When you, I can, I, I can still feel good even though my ex, who I think I still want to be with and I don't know, is dating somebody else. I can still feel good. But see, you, that's work. That's, that's, that's work. That's work. That's, 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 that is Cole and Cole. No. And that's, that's the issue. So can new lovers and ex-lovers be friends? Of course. Because if you want to yeah. focus on your own personal desires, your own personal desires, and you stop looking at Joe or Alan to give it to you, you say, I have to give this to myself. Yeah. I have to give appreciation to myself. I was, I was just thinking about this the other day, like consideration. So, you know, if you say, man, I really, you know, he's just not considerate, Nicole. He's not considerate. He doesn't. He doesn't offer to take the kid. When he does take the kids, he shows up at the last minute. When he has the kids, you know, he doesn't bring them back until way after the time that he say he's going to do it. He's just inconsiderate. He's just not considerate. So, so the valid thing would be, see, Nicole, when I'm looking at him and he's not going to be considerate, how can you tell me I, I, I can't get upset? I can't get mad. I, 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 I should have feel right. that kind of way. I agree with you. Okay, cool. Now, here's the thing. You either can stay mad and keep looking at the problem. Or you can shift your focus, take your eyes off of the left, look to the right, and say, but you know what? You know what I really would like? You know, I would really just, I would really like a day where he just picks him up when he says he's going to, and he drops him off when he says he's going to. Because that would make me feel like he's being considerate of my time, of the children, and, you know, then that would make me relax because then that would make me feel like maybe he gets that I work hard too. And well, maybe what I'm really reaching for is I just, I like being considered in all things. Now you can talk yourself up to that level, but if you look right back at him, you're going to get pissed because he's not doing it right now. So what you have to do, this is the trick. You have to look for consideration somewhere else. And it's as simple mm. as, you go to the store, you got one. Now, this is how I, this is, these are the tricks I do in my head. This is how I talk to myself. I mean, completely transparent. So if I don't feel I'm being considered as this person, if I keep looking at that person who's not giving it to me, I'm never going to get there. But if I just say, you know what I just realized? I, I don't want him, I want him to be considered, but I know I can get consideration other places. He is not the source of consideration. So let me take my focus off of him, and then let me look out. I go to the grocery store. I have one thing in my hand and the person in front of me has 20 things in their cart, and the person says to me, hey, you only have one thing. Why don't you go ahead? Awareness. Hey. Whoa, that was consideration. Okay. Yes. Hey, you're going somewhere, uh, you know, you, you walk in. Uh, it's easy for me, the elevator. I go with the lobby full of people, the door opens, and everybody waits for me to get in first. Whoa, mm. that was very considerate, and that felt right. good. So now right. I'm feeding my need for consideration and I'm not waiting for this dude to give it to me. So now I'm getting full. I'm feeling consideration. I'm enjoying consideration. I'm taking my focus off of the guy. And you know what starts to happen? He picks him up at the right time. He drops him off at the right time. And you don't know how it happened. Because you mm-hmm. took your focus off of the problem. You looked in the direction you wanted to go. And you did the work of staying aware when it showed up. Because this universe yes. is listening 
This universe wants to please you. So if you can just get clear about what you're so upset about, and it can't be the person. You have to get clear about the, the, the thing that you're upset about. I'm upset that he's not considerate. Okay, so I'm really wanting more consideration. Okay, so where can I find consideration in my own life outside of him? And then you start to fill your own cup. But if you're waiting for this dude to fill up your cup with consideration, you're never going to like who he's dating. You're never going to like how he talks mm. to your kids. It's never going to be enough right. money. It's never going to, you, right. you, you see? And so that's, yes. that's my thing. It's like, why are you so involved in other people's lives? Like I hear, and even, you know, I grew up with a substance. My mom was an alcoholic, and she also did other drugs. Now, growing up, I always felt like she's my mom. She should quit. She should quit drugs because I'm here. And my mother, who passed away when I was 20-something, taught me a very valuable lesson now that I am a mother. The greatest lesson my mom taught me was you cannot, should not, ever expect someone to change for you. Mm. And this is my mother. Of all people who should change, provide Nicole a better life, it should be my mother. Right. She should want to get it together for me. She should mm-hmm. want to be present for me. I'm her daughter. Right. I am her daughter. And I listened to the program. I listened to people who said, well, parents should get it together for their kids, and it's about the kids. It's about the kids. You know, and, and this is me. This is where Nicole is at. It is not about the kids. It is about you knowing what you need so that you don't have to effing mess with your kids. My mother stayed away. My mother stayed away. I know it hurt her. I live with my cousin. My cousin tells me, your mom loves you. And I know that now. But, Nikki, Mm. when my mom was living, I was angry. I became a social worker so I could fix mothers like her. Because I just knew mothers are supposed to be there for their daughters. Wow. Now I have my own daughter. And you know what I want to teach my daughter? You don't have to act be any certain way to affect me. Mommy makes mm. mommy happy. Mommy makes mommy sad. I want my daughter to see no one has that power over you. Because that's mm. what my mom taught me. Of course my mom wanted to be clean and sober, but my mom had a life before Nicole. My mom had experiences before Nicole that were so hurtful that her good, her good place was alcohol. Wow. So I think I I hear it's for the kids, it's about the kids, but really at the end of the day, when I'm gone, that child is going to live on. So this is about Nicole. Mm. This is about me getting Mm. clear about who I want to be. You know who I want to be? You know who I am and what I do? I'm a loving, supportive, I like to laugh, I like to have fun. So whoever he's dating, whoever he's around, whoever she's around, I'm going to be clear about who I want to be. And I don't want my daughter to see, ooh, mommy gets all crazy around daddy. Because you know what she's really seeing? Daddy has some power over mommy. You right? Yes. She doesn't get it. So if I am the same, I am the same. And she 
will never see the, 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 the chameleon stuff that goes on. And so I, I think women, mothers, uh, fathers too, you have to be clear about what you want out of this thing called parenting. Mm. But that is all these, you have to know what you want for yourself first. You have to yeah. know what you want for yourself first. Because if you don't, it's just default. It's just default parenting. And then things happen and you get divorced. And then you, 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 you fall into the paradigm and you listen to the, the blogs and the posts, the, the memes, baby daddy crap. And, you know, but you, the difference between you and a lot of women is you're really clear about your own growth. And when you get like so, when you said uh, when you were talking to your father's daughter, and you said, "I realize if I come more gentle, that makes him feel good and makes him want to do it more." But you know what? What's really happening, Nikki, along with that, is you are now talking in a tone that feels good to you first. Mm-hmm. And I'm you not creating first. the trauma within myself. To you, you're talking to yourself first because India Ari says the first person that hears the words is you. Oh! You when they come out of your mouth. So who are you really <laughs> talking to? You're not talking to him, yeah. You're talking to yep. yourself. You're being wow. gentle with yourself. And Ooh. as you be with yourself, so it shall be for you. She took it there. She took it there. You. You're not talking to your daughter's father. You're talking to you. You're staying in alignment with you. This feels good to me to be gentle. This feels good to give up the fight. This feels good that when he drops him off and it's late, I just say, okay, and just let the kids come in and not give him a fight. This feels yeah. good. This feels, I feel so relieved not to, not to just stress out about this. I'm not going to do this to myself. And you have made that conscious awareness. You're aware. You are in step with yourself. Every thought you have, every experience you have, I know you. You're able to go in and go, okay, what is this? What is this? And that's the conversation we need to have. I don't, mm. it is bad, and people are walking around, and it is painful to see a, a father that's a drug addict. I mean, I just, my biological father, the last time my son was in the hospital, I said what I needed to say. He passed away like two months later. No funeral, no nothing, no nada. No, what, Nicole? No, he's gone. I'm, it's over with. But that's only because I'm clear that father, my biological father's well-being, my happiness is not predicated on that. Mm. You, you, you see what I'm getting at? My, you, what we want to teach our children is your, your well-being is not predicated on anything that anybody out there is doing, even if it's me. Brooklyn, Ooh. if you see mommy all crazy, walk away from her. <laughs> Get your face. Get away from her. I told her I get real <laughs> at night. I get real snappy. I start getting snappy. My daughter the other day looked at yeah. me and said, she said, Mom, you're tired, huh? I said, yes. She goes, yeah, you're starting to get a little mean. I said, cool. What you yeah. going to do? She said, I'm going in the room. Good. <laughs> she said, I ain't messing with you <laughs> because I value I'm in a good mood right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'm not going to allow you to affect me. You know, all that, what what she's getting is, uh-oh, you got something going on. You know, and I thought about that the other day because we were talking about reflection. 
They're talking about the lady in line, and is she reflecting? You know what I came to realize? People are not always necessarily a reflection of you. You know what they are? They're just opportunities for you to get your own awareness. So if you're in line I love and uh, the, the cash register lady is really rude to you, it's not, it's not that she's a reflection of something that Nicole has going on. You know what it is? It's an opportunity for me to go, ooh, she's in a bad mood. But where am I? I'm in a good mood. Well, hey, uh-huh. it's just an Let opportunity for you to awareness about yourself. You're only looking out here so that you can know what's going on in here. That's mm. it. That's it. You're only looking out there so that you can know. But you have to make that step of awareness to go. When you see somebody who's always complaining about money, girl, I'm broke, woo, 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 da, 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 da. You know, you get a feeling inside. Either you get annoyed, you get this. But why are you getting annoyed? Okay, well, well, I, I don't have these issues. Ooh, ooh, you know what? I don't have those issues. You know what? I'm pretty good right now, as a matter of fact. It's like when you go out <laughs> in a group with friends and they start talking about their relationships and you get real quiet because you're like, you know, I don't got it this bad. You feel me? <laughs> that's, that's the beautiful what you said about your daughter about you know how different families are set up different ways and you, your daddy loves you and he's available he's just he's away and that's what it is let's not try to sugarcoat it or make it anything so I think what I would like to see or how I can help is I just want women to check in more with themselves because I think mm. you know you why did you have the kid didn't you say you had the kid for you so what you looking at him for Hello? <laughs> Nicole is keeping it all the way funky today. But it's true. It's true. I hear lots of women making the statement, I'm having this baby for me. Matter of fact, that was something I can remember my mother saying to me as a teenager, preparing me for the day that I would become a mother. Because my mom was 20 when she had me. My sister, my twin sister, was 21 when she had her daughter, and or excuse me, her son. And that was one of the first things that I noticed. I don't want to be young having my child. But my mom used to say to me, you have your children for what you are going to do. And don't, you, you can't predicate it. You can't make it dependent on what the man is going to do because you don't know whether or not you're going to be able to depend on him. But subconsciously what that set up for me was you got to be willing to do it by yourself, right? And it also, to a certain extent, set up an expectation that I would have to do it alone. And I hear so mm-hmm. many women, I hear lots of women conversating about how I had my baby for me and I'm going to take care of my baby by myself and this is all about me and I got this and I'm superwoman and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but superwoman is mad. And superwoman <laughs> stays talking about what baby daddy ain't doing and all of her focus is on baby is daddy and mad. why he ain't gave her no money this month and X, Y, and Z. But I thought you did it for you. So now I now now I know Uh-oh. what you're really saying Uh-oh. to me. Uh-oh. Now I know what you're really saying. What you're really saying is I'm not being transparent. I'm not being honest about what my expectations are and what I would really desire 
for me. The reality, the truth of the matter is I need some damn help. And there are so many women running around angry because they're not getting the help that they really want. But at the same time, they don't feel comfortable enough to ask for some help. I I will be the first one to tell you my hand is up high in the air right now. When I need some help, boop, 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 I'm typing away. <laughs> Daddy, baby, hey, I need you. Daddy, baby, the water bill is due. Can you help? Mm-hmm. Help me. Help me. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel ashamed about asking for help. Funny, funny, funny experience this week. Water bill was due this week. <laughs> <laughs> and I went and and and. My, my my daughter's father and I had had some conversation around money, you know, and I, Coley Cole, like you said, you know, we we you we experience those moments where we're amongst our our girlfriends and you know they talking about the baby daddy drama and we get quiet because we like mm, I don't know nothing about that, <laughs> and that's me often because the truth of the matter is, Coley Cole, when I look around at my friends and I look around at at, at, at women that I know, family members my mother, and I think about these women who are in perpetual states of agony and turmoil because they are Mm -hmm. so frustrated because they are doing, because not because they have to do it themselves, because they're choosing to do it by themselves. And I sat back to myself and I realized one of the reasons that I'm so at peace and I'm so happy right now is because, I've made the decision not to do it by myself. I'm not frustrated with life. But you see the value. I, you see the value. I see the value in that. I go, to work two day, I go to an office two days a week, Nicole, and those two days, my daughter knows when I come home, mommy's tired, mommy needs a few minutes to herself. Yay, Hopefully I cooked dinner the day before and I can just pass out after it's all said and done. And I'm often reminded, I'm often reminded, if I had to do this five days a week, I would be pissed off. I would be pissed off and tired and frustrated and angry. And all I would want to do on the weekends would be just to pass out and check out because you don't mm-hmm. you don't have energy after that mm-hmm. for the full for the more than full time job called parenting that requires your attention at two a.m. when 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 I, we yeah. potty training yeah. and I gotta wake the baby up to go to the potty and I'm tired as hell but I gotta get up and take her to the potty at two o'clock in the morning and I'm tired mm-hmm. as hell. I got to cook a meal after I get home from work. If I had to do the full-time rigmarole, I, too, Mm -hmm. would be angry black single mom. I would be. (laughs) You know, yeah. And I was on the edge of angry. I got there. I got on the edge of angry. uh, But you got to get angry because, you know, like you said, the 2 o'clock, the exhausted, powerless, that's and depressed. That is like the worst feeling ever because you feel powerless. Mm-hmm. So you got to get angry. Mm-hmm. Angry is good. It's just that what what I see happening with a lot of women is that we're vacillating between the angry and the depressed, the angry and the powerless. 
And angry feels better than powerless, so we use anger. We talked about it, I think, in our first or second show, how we use anger to get us out of powerless, but we don't keep Mm. going. See, so it's okay to be angry. I love angry because angry means you're that you got some life in you. Okay, mm. now you got to kick it up and you got to start doing the work to figure out what am I angry at, and it can't be him. It has mm. to be, and this is where Nicole was. This is my process. It has to be. I'm angry that I didn't think about this more. That I work a full time job, and I'm feel like I'm missing out on a lot because that was my thing for the like first three, four years. <laughs> I just barely got over that and just came to terms with it where I had to put on my big girl panties and say, Nicole, you drank the Kool-Aid of go to school, get a degree, get a job, have a kid. Now, did you think you're going to have a kid and not have to work? Like, we're, we're, we're like oh. see, I didn't, I, I didn't plan any of that. So, you know, I'm looking at – Did you forget at, that you weren't independently wealthy? <laughs> did, you, did you forget that part? Okay, yeah. No. And so I was angry <laughs> So I would get angry, and then I would get depressed. I would get angry, then depressed. Angry, depressed. Go see my dad, cry, get it all out, feel relief, get angry, but then I would go back to depressed because here you here go again, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you know, da, 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 da. Okay. So then he started taking her every other weekend, and then I started getting weekends to myself. And I was like, holy crap, this is awesome. You know, like, <laughs> I'm telling you, a weekend to yourself, I mean, a Friday night, Saturday night, it will change your you can, you can step out of anger. And I, I know I hear a lot of women who are going to say, well, Nicole, that's just it. I need, but, but here's how you do it. You, you have to, if, if somebody, anybody says, let me watch a kid, you got to say yes. And you can't go into fear, which is, I don't know them well enough, or something's going to go wrong. Mm-hmm. Like we talked about fear on the plane. You have to say a yes. A promise you're going to drop on the baby. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You have to say right? <laughs> right? You have to say yes. And you, this is why I say this isn't about the kids. This is about you knowing what you're going to need in order to have the energy that the children demand, but that the children deserve. Mm -hmm. You have to start figuring out what is going to work for you. And the only way you can do that is to step away sometimes. So if you have a friend, do it. Do it. So just say, please, I, I, I need I, I just need two days. Like, just be a bad mom. Whatever you have to do to, to excuse yourself, do it. And I'm telling you, by day two, your brain will have enough of a break that you can then stop and you'll hear your heart because that's the problem. We're too much in our brain. And your heart, you're angry because your heart is really saying we can handle this. But your brain is like, no, we can't. This is ridiculous. I don't know why I signed up for this. But your heart is really saying we can do this. But I, I have to, I have to whisper how to do it, and I have, and you can't hear a whisper, little old man, middle of the street. You can't hear a whisper when you're stuck in the, the the rigmarole. This is hard, and then you have, and I get it because you have all these women supporting that rhetoric. So I get it, but you have to make the conscious and be aware. Of you're saying there's something more than anger, and, and I want to feel that again. And it, I'm telling you, it starts with, like, one week in a month. So all these ladies who don't want to let their kids go on the cold, if it's not a horrible, dangerous environment, I'm all mm-hmm. for letting them go. Start off really let them go. small. Maybe you just do it Friday night, Saturday morning. Start off small, build some trust, you know. But I am a, I'm telling you, ladies, this will 
allow you to hear your heart again. And if you're if you can't hear your heart, you're just a robot out here. We're just robots. Mm-hmm. If we can't hear your heart is your heart. Nobody else can hear your heart but you. So that's why you get upset that you don't get the text message back. But I love him, and why doesn't he know that? He can't hear your heart. Only you can hear your heart. Ooh. If you need to be you. able to hear your heart in order to express you your heart. You hear your heart, but you're worried about somebody else hearing your heart. Why can't I love him and I care and I do? I've been over backwards and da 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 da. But your heart is talking to you. So when you start talking softly to your father's daughter, you know. It's really your heart is talking softly to you because you're willing to listen now, and so now you're able to talk softly to him because you can hear your heart, and your heart is not yelling at you. Right. And you are so on point about that, Nicole. You are so on point about that. You're right. It, it, It became the transition of me being willing to be gentle with myself. I said to my sister the other day, um, she was talking about some 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 drama with um yeah. you know some her her mm-hmm. daughter's father's other baby mama <laughs> situation. Mm-hmm. And I said mm-hmm. to my sister I said you know and she's she's causing issues and drama and acting a donkey and doing the fool, right? And I said to my uh-huh. sister you got to realize that she all of what she's doing is simply a reflection of the misery that she's experiencing on the inside. So for her to be behaving the way that she is, for her to be doing all of the crazy stuff that she's doing, you got to know that she's suffering even more on the inside. And sometimes, and many of us have not learned how to be gentle with ourselves, gentleness with mm-hmm. myself. Is something that I'm just now learning. I've just now come and become connected with the fact that I'm really hard on myself. Other people think that I'm hard on them, and I am. I'm, 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 I can be hard on people. I can have high expectations of people, but that is that is a fraction of the of the toughness and the high expectations that I have on myself. So learning to speak gently to myself, learning to be kind to myself, learning to say to myself, you know what, you don't have it all together right now, and you don't have to have it all together either. Take mm-hmm. it a day but what at you a time. have is enough. Mm-hmm. And learning to be okay with that and learning to be comfortable with that. You know what, I had ten things on my task list for today, and I only got five of them done. Let me count off the victories for today. And prepare mm-hmm. myself for tomorrow to chip away at the victories even more. But not, learning mm-hmm. not to be so hard on myself has mm-hmm. been one of the biggest challenges. And that gets back into that self-talk because, man, that voice, people people have no idea the voice inside of other people's heads. We have no idea. Sometimes Dude, that voice is so loud. We don't even know half so, the time in our heads. Right. Right, because and it's difficult to realize you, you how hard we are on ourselves. The voice of your mind and the voice of your heart, those are two different voices. Mm-hmm. So you got to be clear about, like, you know, when you're still hearing two minds. I mean, Nikki, Nikki, it happened to me yesterday. She texted me, my daughter's father texted me, and said, what is the name of the elementary school? And a part of me... <laughs> My my face did the hmm, my face 
my lip went up and my my brows came together like you know, um, what are you, what, what, what are you checking the school? Like, because I know him. I know he's, like, online, like, looking at ratings and da-da-da-da-da. So, and I said, wow. I said, Nicole, really? I said, now, what if he, what if he is trying to tell you that he knows about a private school and, and wants to give you some money for it? Would you frown at that? Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> so, I him, and I give him a link to the, to the school. I mean, as soon as I hit sent, like two seconds later, he calls me. And I'm like, y- yes. And he's like, you are the best mother on earth. Oh. And I was like, okay, all right. Because the school rating is hot. It's a, it's a 9 out of 10, which I knew, mm. you know. That's why I kind of, of like, course. but he thinks I got her going to some crazy school. You know what I mean? Even still, in the journey. And then I said, okay. Then my heart said, Are they kicking up your degree? 
Are they taking you off of your 75? If they are, drill it back down. I don't need to say that. I thought it, but I ain't going to say it. I'm going to stay right here, right. 75. And that, that, that's, <laughs> I think we just made an exercise for our book that we're talking about. We're going we we to make I that an exercise. We're going to make that the thermostat exercise. I love it. But that's even with this parenting thing. So, you know, if you have a friend, you just have to be clear, like, what do you want to be? When they say, well, he doesn't know, what do you want to be? What do you mean, what do I want to be? What state of being would you prefer to be in? Well, I would prefer to be calm. So then identify what does calm look like inside of you. Oh, well, calm looks like maybe I hear it, but it doesn't really bother me. Okay, so now that you know what it looks like, embody that state of being. And then when you get around that person, if you feel yourself going outside of that, make the commitment to yourself to stay with yourself. Mm-hmm. That's what happens. We are going outside of ourselves, and we are acclimating to her 102 degrees, and now you hot and bothered because you right. didn't choose. You know why you're so mad? You're never really mad as a person. You're mad that you didn't stay at a cool 68. You're mm-hmm. mad, and so you want to blame her. Because if she wasn't 102, I wouldn't be 102. I wouldn't have to be 102. But you're, you're really just mad that you said you came out of your 68 degrees because you knew what you wanted. See, but you got to believe you can say it. You, you, you have to know what you want and believe you can have it. And I think a lot of people, like you said, our impression is that we see things and then we see divorce. We see people getting divorced or, or separated. So then you start to think, well, Nicole, I might want it, but I don't really have a true belief that I can have it. Now, that is a bigger mm-hmm. conversation. Right. That is Absolutely. a bigger conversation. And that's why you have to start with baby steps. Like I said, if you can drill down, I just want more consideration from this dude. Get off that dude. Take the nugget of consideration and just go out in the world and see how consideration comes to you. Mm-hmm. But it can't come to you if you focus on that guy. Because you right. see consideration. Because what we give our attention to is what grows. Come on. Yes. So, That's what grows. So drill out, get out the nugget. Dig it out. Like, dig, you buried, you know, you you did all that work to be mad at somebody. Why don't you get the golden nugget? You did all this work to get mad. That's a lot of energy. Get what you came for. Understand why you got mad. So that you can then transmute it. You see? Like, all these emotional decisions, but but the emotions are guided. So why you, you you know it's like people say, well you you down here you already at the bottom crying, get something out of it. Beautiful, and and that's a word that I love so much is transmute because that that's a word that really indicates that we have a decision. You yes, you observing the drama right now. Yes, you observing the hundred and two degrees right now. Transmute it, change it, transition, shift it. I I love that word so much, and I'm so happy that you said it. So we should have made today's show a two hour show because we can go in all day about this. We could have, and we probably got about fifteen minutes back. 
I, uh, yeah, me too. I, I knew we was going to go in on this one today. <laughs> I knew it was going to happen. And so we probably got about about 15 minutes before the show cuts us off, and we, we still got a, a couple right. more questions that I think are really, really yeah, important yeah. to this conversation and I want to cover. But let, let's just wrap up a couple of things. So um, one of the first questions that we asked was, you know, how does our sense of family or lack thereof, what's the message that it sends to our children, and, and how does it get portrayed to our children? And I think what we're saying is that ultimately, Ultimately, we def- we define it for our children. We set the example Woo! for our children. So we've got to be so conscious and, and careful about the messages that we're sending. They are watching. My mother said t- that to me the other day. She, my daughter was with her last weekend while I was out of town, and she said, Nikki, she, she's watching you. And, and I'm very, very aware of that. So we, we've got to get really in tune with that and be very conscious of the examples that we set for our children. Um, when parents remarry, what is the responsibility of that parent um, to the children from the previous relationship or marriages, especially in terms of the biological children, we've got to get away from this very false illusion of divorce. Divorce sets up this very false, um, um, convenient idea that we can just negate our responsibilities. We've got to be very Mm -hmm. clear that just because we separate from the other parent, yeah, it does not negate our responsibility to our children. I also wanted to speak to that to the level of non-biological parents separating from their significant others, and then do they still have a responsibility Mm -hmm. to the children that they've set up up relationships with? And we've got to be very clear as, as adults, we gotta we've gotta see ourselves as adults and get out of this, you know, huh, I'm mad at you, we're not best friends anymore, so I'm not dealing with you or your kids no more. That's so childish mm-hmm. of us. Mm-hmm. We've we've really gotta grow up and we've gotta know that that divorce is an illusion. When you create children with somebody, y'all are now blood relatives. And it, it is to your, it is in your best interest to figure out how to get along with each other because furthermore you also are demonstrating for your children how to respond to the opposite sex. One thing that I can remember about my parents who divorced when I was two, my mother never spoke badly about my father in front of me. Never. Mm-hmm. I never saw them arguing or acting crazy in front of each other. None of that crazy kind of stuff. However, mm-hmm. what I did notice as a child was a distance between them, a, a, mm-hmm. a, an unspoken coldness between them. And as a result of that, I came into contact with men who I was close with or intimate with who said that I was cold, mm-hmm. that I was distant or aloof. And so I learned from my mother, even though she never spoke badly about my father in front of me, I still learned a level of distance and, mm-hmm. and, and and putting up this wall of protection around myself when it came to my relationship with men. So something that I'm very conscious of when I'm dealing with my daughter and, and, and her father when he comes home for vacation, I call him daddy. Like, daddy, are you, do you want to, are you ready to eat dinner? Daddy, do you need to da-da-da-da? Something that I noticed the first time he came home for vacation after um, he, had, he had left for his job overseas, she was, my daughter was very distant toward him and, and afraid to touch him until she saw me touch him, 
until she saw me give I, him I, a And headache. I agree with that, but the, I, I, I think, you know, where you're at is your genuine, sincere place. And where your mom was, that was really her place. If being distant was how what she needed to do, you know, we're not going to get it all right all the time. You know what I mean? I, I know our little ones are watching, but you know what I'm really starting to trust is just like you have figured it out for you. There's going to be something inside of you as an individual that, that says, I think I can do this differently. And you can look back mm-hmm. and say, that's where I got it from. Wow, I really was cold in the loop, and that's where I got it from. But, hey, who I am today is I realized, hey, because – I think it's important that we as women also honor it and not try to portray something that's not accurate to our daughters. Absolutely. You're totally genuine. That is where you are. But I, even with her dad, like, yeah, I see him, I hug him, it's cool, but it's very brief. You know what I'm saying? Uh, We had talked about a vacation together and I'm just like, nah, that's not where we are. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. I mean, it sounds good in theory and stuff, but really and truthfully, she's gonna bond with you as she bonds with you. I, you know, but, so we just have to make sure. I think, and that's him calling now. That's hilarious. I think we just have to make sure we're being <laughs> genuine, you know, in in that moment. <laughs> Absolutely, and and the genuineness is is very important. Something that my mom reminded me of. To teach our daughters not to come out of themselves for to make appearances. Yeah. Not people pleasing, absolutely. Yeah, and and you're right, Nicole, because because my my something that I had to be reminded of, and my mother reminded me was that that's your friend, and he and I have a very long history with each other, and I had to be reminded that just because I've disagreed with him on X, Y, and Z, it doesn't negates the fact that I have a genuine concern for him, a genuine love for him, and he was my friend for a long time before all of this trauma presented itself. <laughs> so for right. me, it's that's that's where the, the genuineness comes from is yeah. I'm reminded of the fact that that's my friend. That's my friend. Yeah, yeah. And so that works for us, but we've got to be very clear about being being transparent, being honest, and just and, and being genuine in our our reactions and our responses to each other. Um, so we talked about do step parents have a responsibility? Um, can ex lovers um, be friends with each other? And, and so here here's the other question that I think we really wanted to dig into today. Coley Cole was is the relationship between the ex woman and the new woman the real sister wife relationship? Right? Because a big conversation mm-hmm. in the conscious community today in our society is this idea of polygamy. Right? You know, mm-hmm. and, and I've seen the videos and, and men talking about how women need to partner with each other and women advocating for polygyny and, you know, oh, well, you know, if one woman is better at cooking than the other one, then one woman can cook for all, for, for the family and another one can be the educator and another one can play this role, another one can play that role. And this is a whole other topic for a whole other day, the whole polygamy thing. But when I think about that concept and the sister-wife concept, to me, the real sister-wife is it would behoove you to make friends with the woman, with the wife, or whomever that your ex now has. Because this is somebody that is going to be influencing your child. This is somebody who is going to be around your child. And so there, if there's friction between the two of you, she is going to re- respond and or react to that friction 
when you're not around and she's in front of your child. So mm-hmm. building that building that relationship, building that bond and that trust with each other, and again, like Nicole said, it's got to be genuine and it can't be forced because if it's forced, it's going to be very apparent. But taking those baby steps to be open to, hey, you know what, yep, I used to be with him, I'm not with him anymore, he's chosen to be with you, and learning to get comfortable within that space, it, it is is a very good idea from my perspective that we learn to accept the new relationship. Especially and to, if and you to, don't want to be with him no more. Like, I don't understand what the big deal is. <laughs> I don't want to be with him anymore. I mean, real talk. Like, I don't think you get into these issues unless you still want to be with him. Like, I mean, That's real, what it's a I real mean, indication really, of, right? I just, no, I mean, I mean, it's different for everybody. Even if you say you don't want to be with him, but you think you should be with him because maybe there's, maybe you have a belief, you know, where we were supposed to, you know, there's a lot of different programs, but this is my thing. I don't want to be with him. Hi, how are you? Are you happy? Are you both good? My daughter's going to be with you. Hey, he can get crazy sometimes. Call me. I mean, you know, like, make it work. Make it, make it work. When they got married, I was she she got pregnant. I I did a big old baby shower. I did a the the diaper take. Wow. And all that. Wow. Yes, bro. You're married. I called him one day. I said, you know what? You are teaching her what it looks like to be in 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 a marriage. She doesn't have that here. She does not see a man and right. a woman working together. Now we live with my my uncle, so that's kind of nice because they're married. You know what I mean? So she sees interaction, but from me, direct upfront, mommy dealing with a man, she does not know what that looks like. And, and they didn't stay right. together, but, I mean, why would – it's like school. Don't we all start off with an A? So don't you technically mm. have to work to get a lower grade? Mm. <laughs> like, don't, you, don't we all start off with an A? Like, right. I don't know. And that's, that's, that's a beautiful that's, point you be make, Nicole, them, because that's so. Right, and that's a, such a great point that you make because our society, to a certain extent, programs us that – She's the other woman. She's the new woman. She's automatically got to have an F. She's bad, right? <laughs> That's the stepmom programming, the evil, the evil stepmother right. programming. And we then teach yeah. it to our children. So you are so right, Nicole. Yeah. You're supposed to start yeah. out with an A and work your way That's down to an F, F, not the opposite. I love that. I love that. (laughs) So so our next question, and and we've gotten into the healing, and and maybe we have a few more comments about that, but I do want to touch on on this last question, which is, do men cope with separation differently than women? And and I thought that was so important because I have, have felt it within myself, and as well as I've talked to other women, who have this sense that, you know, men just pack up their bags after a relationship is over and they're all fine. And that is no. so not true. No. Men, they while they may have that tough exterior, <laughs> they do not pack their no. bags from a relationship emotionally the way that our society teaches no. us that men do. I want to share a quick story. Uh, 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 um, I used to work for the CPA. And I worked for him for more than more than ten years, so I knew this brother well, okay. And I saw him go through two marriages. His first wife, they didn't have any children, and um, you know she ended up leaving him. He said he came home one day, 
and the house was empty. She had packed up and left. She just got tired of it. He wasn't present enough. She was done with him. It was over. This brother was traumatized by the the failure of his first marriage, so much to the extent that when he find when he remarried his second wife, I always tease because I have I, I have friends who work in his office now, and I'm like, does he still have the bat line? And I call it the bat line. It's a line that he had installed in the office. There's a phone connected to this line in his office, and there's another phone connected to this line at the receptionist desk. And I worked for him as a bookkeeper, but I remember one time um, he had me covering the phones um, because the receptionist was out of the office. And the bat line rang, and I didn't pick it up, but I didn't know about the bat line. Nobody had told me about the bat line at the time. <laughs> he ca- He came in the office and somehow had found out, apparently his wife called him on his on his cell phone after nobody picked up on the bat line. And, I mean, he tore into me about not picking up that second line. He had this line installed so that his wife could contact him at all times. That's mm. how traumatized he was from his first relationship, mm. so much so to the extent that he was like, I'm going to do mm. everything in my power to make sure that I am as present as possible and that this woman don't leave me like the first one did. Men mm. can be traumatized by relationships yeah. when they end. And and, and, mm-hmm. and and I don't wanna say I don't wanna be politically incorrect or 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 whatever when I say this, but I dare say men don't heal from from emotional trauma the way that women do. We have to remember our bodies are built to to bear children. When a man gets sick and he got a little cold, they are absolute babies. When they feel the tiniest amount of pain, let alone talking about emotional pain, I dare mm-hmm. say the way that men are impacted by by pain, physical pain, and or especially emotional pain, they don't deal with it the same way that women do. And it's something that they no, have a tendency to carry with them. So we got to be you clear know, about that because oftentimes I think as women we tend to think, oh, he just packed up and moved on, and, and here I am, you know, sweeping up the ashes. And that's not necessarily yeah. the case. No. And, and, and what I want to shine a light on is because we are so differently, for the new woman who comes along, don't think that you're going to fix that. You right. know, it, don't think you're going to fix it because, you know, my 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 – well, my chosen father, I have a biological father, right? But my chosen father, he mentors and talks to a lot of men, and I love it. That's where men need to go. Men, you know, even when I watch Ayanla, Ayanla, um, men have a different process, and men yes, men. So, you know, I'm a social worker. You know, there are times even with, with my male friends, uh, I have to step back. Because I used to want to jump in there and talk about it, and da-da-da-da, and da-da-da. But what you're saying is so true. They are different, and we're not men. So we really don't know how it works. So I, I would advise women to stop stop trying to be the, the therapist and the, the – stop trying to be everything. Sometimes you just have to be like, baby, I can't help you with this. You really do. And I know it's hard, like, especially if you have sons. But there are really some things, especially relationship, a hurt like that, that level of traumatization, there's no woman that, that you know, because look what he ended up attracting. He ended up 
attracting a woman who needs to have 24-hour access to him. He didn't <laughs> overcompensate. He actually attracted a woman who probably requires that. Right. So I don't think he's better off. I don't Mm-mm. think he's better off. So, you know, I just think I, I, I'm a social worker. I've done it. I've, I have done it. I, I have tried to fix so many, so many, so many, so many uh, puzzles without all the pieces. And we can't because we're, and that's why I love uh, the priesthood. That's why I love um, uh, Noble Ampu and Jew because if you go to YouTube videos, like they, cause they talk about emotions. And then I just think there are some things you men have to get from men. So, yeah. you know, to the new lady, to the, to the you know, because I remember we were talking and, you know, I was just kind of laughing now and acknowledging some things that I had, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, man, you didn't deserve that, da, 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 da. And he says, you know, that's what she doesn't understand. She doesn't understand because she was there when we went through it, right? So she saw how hurt my daughter's father was. And then she saw us gradually transition, and now we're back to being really good friends. And so when they split up, you know, one of the things she said was, I don't get how you could be that close to her when she hurt you so bad. I have never hurt you to that level, and yet, and still, you're still closer to her. So that, that tells you, you know, what I would like to say to all the to all the the women who come after the first child, what I would like to say to you is um, I genuinely apologize for, um, you know, not making the effort to acknowledge that you all did support him, them in a major way, right? Because it's hard, mm-hmm. you know. So when you find wow. somebody who's listening to you, who is there for you, you know, as a woman, you're being supportive. And so I'm over here doing my thing, doing my process, blah, 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 and then we work it out, and it's all good now. And now this other woman who watched the pain, who watched this, who watched that, now has to make nice with Nicole. Mm-hmm. Right? But she knows because right. he's coming home, upset he can't see his daughter, da, 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 da. She was there for all that. But she got some feeling towards me, and I never really opened up the door her to express that and if there's something I I don't really do regrets but even when I deal with her now I have all I have just really tried to express my gratitude gratitude towards her with my daughter I have always said your your son is beautiful you know um and I just but I think I've never really taken the time to acknowledge that me making nice is not just Nicole rising above it and being the bigger person I really didn't open it up to say, you know, you saw you saw me at my unawareness. Mm-hmm. I know you saw me, so let me just let me do let me like. And I guess I'm saying it just now as I'm we're talking. I'm just hearing myself that um, one of the things we can do since we're talking about healing is to acknowledge that he's going to go home and say things about you to this woman. And she's going to see a different side of him. She's going to see him hurt. She, you might not see it. When he comes to see you, he's all revved up and pissed and short with you or whatever. But when he leaves, <laughs> she's, she is seeing that side of him that, that's frustrated or confused and doesn't know what to do. So technically and truthfully, we are sister in arms. You know what I mean? Because she loves that dude. Like maybe you did it one time and that's not where you're at. But she, she's trying to hold that brother up. So why would I be mean to her? Why would I be nasty to her? She, you know what I mean? Cause 
because I'm in my own process. So I think, you know, going back, if I could really go back, I, I would probably want to tell her, you know, um, thank you for the support you gave him to get him through that because I didn't do that. You, She did that. Mm-hmm. And who knows how that helped him get through and get some resolve about, okay, I'm going to get serious and I, I don't care what Nicole does. I'm just going to keep showing up. I'm just going to keep showing up. I'm going to get – she maybe was a part of that because he had something soft to go back to when Nicole was being so hard, right? Right. So why aren't we looking at her and saying, hey, you know what I mean? I don't know. Maybe she contributed to him. Keep keep going back. Keep going back because he had something soft and and accepting because Nicole – I was all that, but once I had that kid, it was over with. I was like, Mm-mm, no, 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 no. I was hard. Ooh, I was hard. So, you know, I think we should look at other sisters and just realize, man, she's, if she's in love with this dude and she wants to be with this dude, she's supporting this dude. And you know what that's like. You've been with him, and he's growing, and you're going through your thing. So everybody should get the benefit of the doubt. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. You know, today's today's kind of this is the one right here. I think this is what? gonna be amongst my favorites. Like oh we yeah, God. yeah, we went there today and I and I love it. I can't wait to listen um listen to the playback for this. And um, you know, I, I think the the point that you made is, is a beautiful kind of place to, to wrap this whole thing up. And those are brilliant points that you make. Um, are there any other final comments you want to make on on healing? We didn't really get into, you know, recommendations for healing for the children because we, we do have to recognize that our children are affected by the separation. Our children are affected by that, that, that shift or that transition. Any recommendations for that, Coley Cole? You know, I, it's going to be different for everyone, but you know, you have to come to your own level of awareness of what it is. And once you can just say this is what it is, you can get some clarity about how – get some clarity about what it is. If you're separated, divorced, it's changing, it's shifting. Get real clear with that within yourself first before you start trying to, you know, address it with the kids. And then get clear about, yeah, this is what it is, but this is who we are. We're loving. We're We're kind. We're caring. We're nobody's going to cease to exist. Hopefully, you know. I mean, we, we we're talking about some of these children who the fathers are no longer even living. Um, and mm-hmm. so, I would just recommend for all because we have men listening to get clear about what it is for you first and foremost. It's like you said, or you get the oxygen mask. You have to put it on yourself first in order to help the little ones. So if you're not mm-hmm. breathing right, they're not going to be breathing right. So the best right. thing you can do for your child is get good with you. Get good with you. But what about you? Because you've, you've gone through it. Beautiful. So, um, um, yeah, you know, I, I think, and, and I'm, I'm responding to this as a child of divorce, um, I think – you're absolutely right, Nicole. You you got to get good with you. You got to get clear, and you got to get clear with you. But I think the other piece of it is 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 being transparent and being willing to have the conversation. Because I think when we when we don't have the conversation and we just kind of you know keep going and act like nothing happened. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. it 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 sets up a sense of of confusion in the children, and it also to a certain extent I think sets up. Um, 
a, a willingness within the children, within their psyches to say, let's just act like stuff that's very important just didn't even yeah. happen. Yeah. So I think having, like Nicole said, you got to get clear with you first. You got to get comfortable with you first. You got to take inventory with yourself first and figure out where you are with it. I think the second step is figuring out what you want next. How can and then this have the conversation? Yeah. Be exactly. How can this be positive for me? What does that look like for me next? But I think absolutely. You got to have the conversation with your children. Mm-hmm. You have to have the conversation. Mm-hmm. You got to be transparent with them about it. You know, we wouldn't. You know, if 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 a relative, hopefully, if a relative passed away, we wouldn't just act like it never happened. You know what I'm saying? We got to be willing to have Correct. that conversation because it it, it sets have a up. And just don't, but don't let children be your. Don't ask children to join you where you're at. You know, have the conversation. Don't ask them to join the party. Yeah, but don't, don't ask, even if you're good with it. You know, I think that's the other piece of it. It's like, what if I'm really good with it? I'm like, woo, woo, yes, yes, but the kid is like, my dad is gone. <laughs> you know, you know, you got to be, I mean, let's just flip it. You know, you might be ecstatic. I'm finally done with it. I could have never got in this first place, but I'm really grateful for my kids. So, woo, 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 me. But the kid is like, what's going on? Where did he go? You know, so, right. you know, just right. allow the children their own space. And sometimes they're not verbal. So as a social worker, as a child protective services social worker, you have to pay attention to little things. They're eating. They're sleeping. Um, Some children will regret. So you have a five-year-old who, you know, potty trained all that good stuff, and then suddenly they're, they're, you know, they're peeing in the bed. That is a way of talking to you. You don't have to sit there and say, what's going on? That's common sense. You know, when, (laughs) when there's a shift in life, you know, that is one way of expressing. And so just honor that. If if your kid, you find your kid getting more into music, uh, play with them more. You know, there's ways of doing it. It's not always a verbal conversation, but there are ways to acknowledge, oh, you know, and, and, and then take advantage of the opportunities. If you're out and about, like, you know, Nikki, you're great at it, and you see something that represents what's going on, which life will do, you can go, oh, see that, oh, but that's kind of like what's going on with us, huh? And the kid will go, uh-huh. You know, right. you just use that as a way to, but don't tell them what it is. Ask them what it is. My daughter was famous. Mom, what's this? I always ask her, what do you think it is? And then I listen. Mm. Okay, let's see where she's at with that. Uh, the other day she used a word. Oh, what did she say? Rude. Somebody called her rude or rude. And I said, well, what is rude? And she broke down this. Thing, you know, it's this, 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 and I said, okay. And so when she called it, called you rude, how did it feel? She said it didn't feel good. I said, were you being rude? Do you think you were being rude? She said, no, I don't think I was being rude. And she was genuine. And so I said, so when the lady called you rude and it didn't feel good, it's probably because you weren't being rude and she was just confused. You know, I just, I'm just trying to turn honor what you feel for you. If the teacher calls mm. you rude, it doesn't mean you were rude. You don't have to take mm. that. How did it feel for you? Mm. Well, it didn't feel good when she called me rude. Because you weren't rude in your opinion. Stick with your opinion. And the next time you better tell mommy if oh, somebody calls you rude. Right. But, you know, right. just stuff like that and just, you know, don't try to sit down and have conversations with them. Just ask people who are around your children, have you noticed anything? You know, has she been different? And be open to whatever somebody tells you because a lot of times people are scared to tell you. 
right? Yeah. They see you like, oh, you know, her kids, she, she ain't been the same since Wootie Wap, and then you come around. Oh, uh, uh. So be open. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. I agree. And and I would say the last thing, I would say the last thing, you know, like Nicole said earlier, I, I can't change how you feel about this or what's going on and, and your perception of this, but be willing to lay down and cuddle. Be be willing yeah. to assist. Uh, be willing to help them to to shift through that and 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 facilitate that. Let me let me. I'll give you a hug. That's what I had to do with my daughter earlier today. She was she was having a rough morning. She was feeling sad. She got a little nick on her knee. She needed an ice pad. She was crying about it. I'm like, oh god. And I thought she, you know, we got to her school. One of the kids pushed her. I'm like, I'm sure it was a baby. I'm like, I'm sure it was just an accident, Dolly. I mean, she was just bawling, crying. And I wanted to get out of there and get my day started because I had stuff to do. I needed uh-huh. to be home and be able to record the show. And I had to remind myself, Nikki, be willing to slow down for a minute. So I took her and we went into the other room and sat down on the couch. And I just held her, held her for a few minutes. She was fine. She was ready to go. She was ready to get in there and, words, and, and go about her day. More than words. More than words. And all that does is it gives her a sense of, oh, you know, it's just relief. And that's, you know, what happens oftentimes is we get we become adults and we don't have that mommy to hug. Because that mommy hug mm-hmm. or a daddy hug, it will, it distracts you long enough that you get back to your heart and you know you're okay. And in this big, bad world, there's no mommy on the corner waiting to hug you. There's no mommy at work. There's nobody <laughs> that's going to hug you and you go, I wish there was. Oh, <laughs> Ooh, girl. Sometimes my dad works in Tampa. I'll run down to his job just to get a hug. Um, there's nobody. And so when we're dealing with your child's father or, you know, just remember, this, this, just they can't hug you, you can't hug them, but just try to find a place or just realize it, you know, sometimes we just need a hug. Sometimes you don't have to mm-hmm. do anything. And even though we're 30, 40, 20, sometimes a hug, you don't even have to say nothing. It it will do it for you, you know. So I think I think that's beautiful. Just, just remember, you know what, we all just want to know I exist. Because we know we exist and we know we are great. And when things aren't going great, it bothers us because we all know we are beautiful, wonderful beings, and we know life is supposed to be good for us. So when it gets a little off kilter, it rattles us a little, and then mommy gives us a hug, and we're like, what am I, what, what, I'm distracted. Okay, I feel better now. And, <laughs> you know, that's, we have to go back to that in our minds, and let's be easy with each other and be easy with your, with yourself because, what is all the fighting for? I mean, what is the benefit of it to be right? Being right doesn't make me feel warm at night. You know, what is it about? Get back to just get back to being a little kid. Like I just want to hug. I just we we're so filled with all these adult things, right, wrong, it has to be. But sometimes I just want to hug. I my shoes like that, and then I fell, and then that girl bumped into me, and then. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I just needed a hug. That's it. I just needed a hug. I just need this hug. 
Wow, yeah. beautiful, beautiful show today, Coley Cole. Thank you yes, so much I, for your insight and wow, I'm I'm blown away today. So, um, family, thank you all. I really for, think we might have our platform. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm excited to get some listener feedback, but I really think we might have really uncovered some nuggets to get that platform. And you know, I really think we could do like a speaking. I think we, I think we can do like a, a seminar or something. I'm excited. I'm excited. <laughs> Okay, I love that idea. I'm excited. I'm excited. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you, family, for joining us today um, for It's That Easy Number 7, and we are all ready. I can't believe we're so far into these shows, but um, I'm looking forward to next week, and, and, and thank you again, family, for joining us, and we will see you all all next week for Episode 8 of It's That Easy. Peace. All right, have a good Peace. one. Peace. You too. Peace.